Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show. We are talking today about the five steps to stop overthinking deal analysis. Big one for our community, right, Andressa? For every every investor, right, that is breathing right now, just like thinking with themselves for a long time. We can all we can all relate. I'm sure if you're playing in this arena, we can all really raise your hand. <laughs> uh, before we get into that, let's hear a word from our sponsors. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation homeowning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so this is a big topic, right, Justin? Because so many times... And we see it in our, our our Stride membership. We see it in our community. We see it with just people we meet, and so many investors, whether they're uh, whether they're in a niche that they know, or they're even pivoting into a new niche. I don't think it's just when you're in a new niche. Uh, we can get, especially when the economy is shifting, interest rates are going up. There's a level of like unknown of what's happening. People get a little skittish. They get nervous. They get they get worried. And they just don't, they overthink the analysis. They overthink the the, the new birthday, I think. that That's like a little trigger. Tell me more. (laughs) When you turn 40s. Oh, yes, new birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Or or, 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 or when you you have the decade. Oh, God, so old. You're so old. I am so old early. But I think that, you know, every year, starting of the year, and when there are those moments pivoting, as you're saying, yep. the economy change, the interest rate change, I think those are the moments that I believe would tend to get more stuck because it's an, a new area or something that it's shifting inside us. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I wanted to give kind of five steps to to overcome this and to really o- stop overthinking. And, um, I, and I'll just say this too, I'm not a fan of just making deals work. You know, if the numbers don't pan out, you shouldn't just do do a deal or, or get into a project because you're anxious to buy a, prim- a property, you know? And, and so I, I'm not a big fan of losing cash flow 
I'm not a big fan of just going all in on appreciation. Just not my particular philosophy. I haven't invested that way over the years. So I'll just give that preface, if you will, as we jump in, because that, that's helpful to know, right? Because so many different people have different philosophies. Um, uh, so, so first one I want to jump into is knowing the market inside and out. I think often people and and will overthink a deal because they just don't. Be, let's not worry about the deal yet. They actually don't know the market very well. And when you have confidence in a market and you can look back what's happened in the market in the past, uh, when there's been course corrections or the or or, or you know uh, different different uh, the recession that recessions that have happened in the past. Um, what has happened in the past, what will happen in the future, what's going on in the market, what the what the rent growth rental growth is, population growth, all the important things that's that's indicative to assessing a market. I think that's number one. because um, you can really overthink an actual deal if you don't have confidence in the market or you actually know the market like the the really you're never gonna be able to like control a market, of course. You can only participate in it. However, you need to have confidence in it. And the way to have confidence in it is to know know it and to to research it. Talk to people who do also know more than you. Have really strong people on your team. Uh, Jess and I are going soon to to look at properties in Florida for an exciting project. And by no means are we going to be the experts for that market, but we're going to be meeting two people who are experts, and that's really important. So that's that's number one. I'll also say in there, and I recorded, we recorded a mini-sode a few weeks back, but on supply and demand, really getting a sense of that, knowing what's going on with new construction. Is this, is this, is there too much supply? Is there, is there, is there too much demand? And what does that look like? And just really getting a sense of that market in, in, in inside and out. So that's number one. Number two, do you know the asset class inside and out? So again, I'm not talking about the deal yet. Number two is, do you actually know the asset class inside and out? Um, and 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 who actually is renting that asset class? So, for example, if you're looking to buy a multifamily in a particular market, yeah, obviously knowing the market secondarily is knowing that asset class. You know what's happening in the multifamily space in that market, and size matters. If you're looking at a 10 unit, if you're looking at a 50 unit, or you're looking at a 100 unit, the people renting in in different size multifamilies are looking for different amenities. Do you know that? Do you know what amenities are, are looked at favorably or are musts in your market? Um, all those things really are important and you don't just off the whim, oh, multifamily, people want to rent a multifamily in this neighborhood. Don't know that unless you know the, the actual uh, appetite, if you will, and the customer base for your particular asset class. If you're looking for commercial, huge opportunities right now in commercial, right? Converting commercial to residential, huge opportunities. What, what does that look like in the market you are um, navigating and understanding? So that's number two, is really knowing the asset class inside and out, the demand for the asset class, um, with, the, with, the, with the, you know, low, medium, and high uh, rental, um, you know, framework is for, for that asset class. Knowing all of it is really, really critical. Um, number three, and I'll just say a quick tip there. You know, when you talk to commercial brokers, and and they really know multifamily. The multifamily brokers don't often know retail as well as a retail, someone who specializes in retail. What I've found with commercial brokers is they specialize. So if you meet a broker who really knows a lot about all the different commercial sort of niches, I would run because I don't I haven't met a broker who is that's you know, that seasoned that they know retail as much as they know, industrial as they know as much as multifamily. And commercial is not all created equal. So I just want to mention that. 
sometimes I hear commercial brokers, I'm dabbling it all. I know it all. My, that's, I don't know, problematic. Number three, um, do you know the deal itself? Now let's get to the deal, right? Because the, the actual property, the actual project itself, have you run your numbers? Have you run your numbers conservatively? Have you run your numbers basis of the interest rates changing? So knowing what's happening in the economy, knowing what the numbers are, it's not to be scared of, of, of anything, but have you talked to the lenders that you're potentially going to be working with, whether they're private lenders, whether they're institutional lenders? Are you talking to them of what's going on now? No one has a crystal ball, but it's really helpful to, to know, you know, conservatively what would happen in six months or a year and then bake your numbers that way. So it's not to fear the unknown, but to, 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 to really to, to manage it and to prepare for it versus being kind of like, you know, uh, not able to make a move. So that's really critical, I think, to talk to lenders, talk to private lenders, talk to the institutional lenders, talk to, um, you know, run your numbers. Have have all more seasoned and more successful and more experienced investors look at your numbers. The chances of, if, if, especially if it's a new niche, there's no way that I would buy a vacation rental right now and not have someone who has done vacation rentals uh, in the in the size that I'm looking at, look over my numbers. I have a short list of people I'd run those by. There's no question I would do that. Why would I not? So you need to have that same tribe together to make sure you're running that by people. I'll also say this: um, it really helps to have Plan A, Plan B, right? Like you know, you're going in with this plan. Okay, what happens if things change? And you're going in with uh, midterm rentals for a five unit, and they're all going to be midterm rentals. There's an influx of, you know, two hospitals that are that are in growth. I mean, what's plan B? It's really helpful to have plan B. You know, if a vacation rental doesn't work out and people are not vacationing there, what would that look like if you were able to do a long-term rental? Would that even work? Would it cover your would it would you be able to cover your mortgage or would it be so upside down that it just wouldn't wouldn't work? I think really going down the the whole of not the hole, but the it's almost like a rabbit hole of you know, the deal itself, plan A, plan B, and not to overthink it, because that's what we're talking about not doing on the episode, but to just be mindful and say there are multiple plans. So that's number three. Number four, and if you want to jump in, if there's anything I'm missing on just to add, but I'll uh, keep rolling if not. I just no, want to give ahead. you a chance. Okay. Um, number four is mitigating the risks. So in, in, you know, any, in any economy, in any, uh, whether it's, you know, whatever's happening in, in the economy in determining purchase, no purchase, you're going to basically look at the risks because there are risks to purchasing the property and the project itself. So what are those risks? Um, the risks could include something around the market. The risks actually include all three of those things, the market, the asset class, and the property. So you want to mitigate those risks. Again, what do you have control over? What don't you have control over? An example of a risk uh, or mitigating the risk can be, again, if all the stars align and uh, you know you are able to have a short-term rental, a mid-term rental, and a long-term rental all mixed together in a property and your numbers just squeak by, that to me is, it, you have to look at that's a risk. So is that, is that a, you know, what other way can you structure that deal or, 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 you know, analyze the deal that it's not just if it all, all the stars align, the project will work. I'm not, that's not going to work in today's economy. If literally every star aligns and it's kind of like you have 100% occupancy, nothing shifts in your, in your underwriting, 
the project will work. To me, that's not mitigating risk. And number, and it's also not just a smart move in today's economy. So how do you mitigate the risk of, you know, the, the, um, the, the, the team itself? You know, there's a risk when you out of state, when you, when you're managing something out of state, that's one of the biggest risks. You're not there. If that's something that you'd be dealing with, how do you mitigate it? Well, building a team going down there, um, you know, so whatever is in your way of like a risk, how do you mitigate that? How do you lessen it? How do you move through it? And how do you assess, is this enough of a risk for me to take, right? Because we all have different risks tolerance. Um, and also, you know, recession and 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 we're in a recession. It's 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 going to get better. It's going to get worse. Interest rates are going to go higher. Interest rates are going to go lower. I've heard both recently in the last couple of weeks. So again, how do you mitigate that? And, and, and really to be able to just not rely on yourself. Got to get the right team in place and not rely on yourself. Number five is this. Ask the question, and I'm Justin, I love this game. It's called, what's the worst thing that can happen game? And it's just a fun game in the sense of, it's not just a game, but it's a, it's a literally worst case scenario. When you're overthinking and overanalyzing anything in your life, let alone whether to pull the trigger on purchasing a property, right? An investment property, big deal, right? Whether it's your first or your 10th or your 100th, it's still, there's a level of risk. There's a level of trepidation always that comes into signing the dotted line. So playing the worst case scenario, literally, what is the worst thing that can happen here? And playing that out, saying, if that happened, how would I manage that? How would I deal with it? We heard a woman on one of our podcast episodes, she goes, um, I never get too down the rabbit hole of, of worst case scenario because I know I'm involved. And as long as I'm involved, I know I'll figure it out. I love that answer because I was like, wow, we all need to have that level of not just knowledge and confidence, but to really have the belief in ourselves. But when you play out the worst case scenario, you tend to, you just tend to really kind of get all the cards out there and you're able to be, okay, if this really got this bad and, 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 you know, what's, what's the worst case scenario? I had to sell it. I had to, you know, I'd have to do a short sale and have to give it back to the bank. Would that, would that happen? Would, would I be able to live with that? I mean, those are the kinds of things that like, again, not to be negative, but I like to play because you kind of get a sense of, okay, that's not going to happen because of, of all the ways I'm going to put this in place. And God forbid something bad happened. I know with the community I have and the people, the tribe I've built, I'll figure it out with others. So those are my five steps to, to, to decrease your overthinking uh, with, with deal analysis and to actually pull the trigger and move toward your financial freedom goals. I think they all have something in common, right? If we, I don't think we can overthink when we are sharing with others, especially when I say others, I say people that don't think like us, you don't want to get opinions from those that agree with you, that think like you. I don't want it. If everybody is agreeing with me, I just feel, oh shit, we're all not seeing something, right? So when you when you listen to this again, right? So you can dissect everything that Liz said here on her ten steps because it was not five; it was about ten. Inside the each five, there was a couple like golden nuggets there that that you can really take it. But I want you to to the key here is not to keep playing with yourself. Real estate, it's not a solo game, and you want to start talking to people that disagree with you, either in a good way or a bad way, that can 
and it's all information, right? You're not there to debate. You're not there to, but it's information that you're going to use it or not on your, in your analysis. And I think it's all good, but if you're doing it by yourself and not sharing it, that is an easy, easy and great recipe for overthinking and getting stuck. So that's, that's all here for you. Let us know what you, what you got out of this episode. Let us know the steps that you're taking. If you have any other recommendations for our community, please tag us here on our Facebook group and let us know what do you want to know more about? And we're here to serve you. All right. Thanks so much. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.